Hello folks, big news, we now have a Patreon, so for 5, 7 or £10 you can support us and get some audio commentaries, early access to podcast episodes, um, a monthly Q&A and everything in between there. So go over to Uncle Mo's Family Feedback on the Patreon and see what all the fuss is about. Come to Uncle Mo's for family fun, it's good, 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 good. Mmm. Sounds good. Hello and welcome to Uncle Mo's Family Feedback, where we look through the dizzying highs, the terrifying lows, and the creamy middles of The Simpsons seasons 1 to 12 through random episode generation. I'm of course your host, Tyler McRae, and with me, um, he's got plenty of time in his hands in lockdown, so I'm hoping he's, you know, catching up on his recipes, trying some bacon, and, you know, trying out those, uh, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. We have returning to the podcast, is Zach Wood there. Zach, it's great to have you back. Uh, it's great to be back man thanks for having me back on no problem um now i feel like this is an obligatory question now um every time i ask cal or any other guests um how are you dealing with um i guess you know not like the podcast will get monetized and that but i guess we'll be uh, nice and friendly with it how are you dealing with quote the current uh situation that's a good way of putting it yeah um it's just a, it's a little bit uh a little bit boring really isn't it at the minute but um i'm trying to keep myself busy with uh odd little things so just watching a lot of wrestling watching a lot of uh watching a fair bit of simpsons and keeping myself busy where i can how about yourself uh myself um i'm one of the lucky few that's actually managed to you know work from home of course now um so and it's the same amount of hours even though i'm through agency they've not cut anything and I've had to deal with uh, working overtime as well, especially with what is not usually uh, international listeners. It's not usually a typical British summer. It just decides to be hot all of a sudden. So I've missed a few hot days, <laughs> yes. but yeah, um, I'll do a couple of bank holidays, but I can't really complain. Oh, excellent. And the episode we're going to be reviewing today is The Great Money Caper from Season 12, Episode 7, directed by Michael Polcino, written by Carolyn Amin, with the original air date being December the 10th, 2000. And with the couch egg being that the Simpsons swim to the couch in deep sea diving gear. And then it turns out they're actually in a fishbowl. Now, as I ask everyone all the time, um, do you have any initial memories of this episode or anything nostalgic that comes to mind when you think about it, Zach? This episode, no. Um, this was one that I, everything was pretty much completely fresh for me. I think this one's quite one that sort of slips under the radar for me a lot. I don't think it really... From what I can remember, got played very much when I was um, when I was younger. I mean, this episode came out about ooh, a year. Uh, <laughs> I would have. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when this episode came out, I was about ooh, just less than two years old. So, um, yeah, but I, I, I can't remember this episode being played very often. But I can't. I can't this is all pretty much fresh for me. All right. Um, would you have caught this on a Channel Four or a Sky when? You eventually did see it, or DVDs even. Um, I probably would have caught it on DVD um, at some point um, or another, um, or uh, Channel Four or Sky. I was watching it on both, really. I was watching it on Channel Four, then skipping over to Sky once it finished on there. Now, for myself, um, I think this is when you know one or two years that my family actually um, had Sky. So I do remember this being a new release on uh, Sky One, and obviously being so young and that maybe. Well, six or seven and obviously i thought this was just hilarious because it's the simpsons it's my new favorite thing in that and it's just all jolly but obviously being more informed now and you know being creative and into writing and such that christ is a massive criminal wrong with this episode folks but we'll delve into it eventually i'm sure you've picked that up as well zach <laughs> yeah absolutely how we kick this one off is the family have gone to the magic palace like a showman eating kind of place there and they're sat down there and they've got their waiter and their mentalist there in a big jazzy jacket and um, he's just instantly getting to work saying you know putting on the showmanship he's guessing people's drinks orders and he's pretty much said the word beer but just homer like the patsy is just oh oh how did you know and it, <laughs> Big gut swinging onto the table there as he presents him with a pint. Yes, <laughs> that was a, that that joke did hit for me. That one I did enjoy that. It will be ever more relevant in your mid twenties, um, Zach, when um, things start to go south. 
Not properly self, not like when you're <laughs> mid thirties, but I'm just saying, get ready. <laughs> okay, well, I've got a few, I've got a couple of years yet left yet, so we'll, uh, <laughs> I'll keep my eye out for that. But the way it also produces a long iron iced tea for Marge there, and you know Marge's stunned. She's never seen this before. You know they should call it a large iron iced tea, and they just cut to Homer and Bart, and they've got the deadest, most blank faces yeah. ever. <laughs> I'm partially thinking of um, you know when they go hype this episode for the release, I might use that screenshot as well there. But I mean, what did you think of this yes. uh, little opening bit? And I mean, I really like seeing, I mean, I guess like all fans, I like seeing Marge have fun and not be the nag or the typical housewife. And Marge on the sesh is a lot of fun. I like it when she cuts loose. I imagine she'd be a, she'd be a fun person to go out with. Oh yeah. I mean, fairly sensible, but you know, eventually we'll have a few drinks and then, no, she'll really ramp it up there. Yes, I mean, I'm not sure what you're like on a night out, really, Tyler, yet. So um, <laughs> I'm not sure what uh, what sort of end of the spectrum you'll be on. But me personally, I'm sure you've seen on my social media, I post quite a bit, bit to sort of embarrass myself and entertain others. But I'd get a little bit, I go on a bit of the wild side, really, when I have one too many. So I feel like Marge would sort of be there. She'd have a lot of fun with me, but she'd also make sure I'm home all right, and that's sort of the thing that I need. Yeah, you need that there as you're uh, shuffling to Billie Jean and other hits. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Now, for the people, might as well get the plugs in straight away. Um, where can they find such um, fun videos and you know, light-hearted content? <laughs> okay so the main place you can really see my content is um on my instagram my instagram i'm just loading up now so i know i've recently changed the handle so it's at uh, ligstagram that's l-i-g-g-s-t-a-g-r-a-m and um, and that is where you'll see obviously not so much now but you'll see once all this uh lockdown business is over you'll see uh plenty more plenty more stuff from me well, we have marge um I mean, she's really tanning these Long Island iced tea. She's even missing parts of the show where the lead magician is just pulling a tiger out of nowhere and levitating it. But, you know, she's just only impressed with the with the old iced tea there. And it comes to the big finale. We have the magician saying, oh, I need a volunteer. And she just blurts out, you know, I'll do it. Oh, I always end up doing it. And she's just, <laughs> I, even the animation as well, like she's got the old drunk waddle on as well. Yeah. Yeah, this, this episode is... Um... Let's be honest, it's not one of the best episodes, but this scene here with Marge, Marge uh, I think the writing for Marge I really enjoyed, and uh, Julie's um, performance here was really good as well. Yeah, Kavner does a good drunk. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Now, for my next illusion, I'll need a volunteer. I'll do it! I always end up doing it. <laughs> I'm Diablo. What's your name? Marge. Okay, Marge, and who's that gentleman you're with? That's no gentleman, that's my husband. <laughs> wow, Mom got a laugh. I wish she drank every day. Marge even comes out with a killer line when she says, when the midget says, Oh, who are you here with? Uh, you this gentleman here? That's no gentleman, that's my husband. And, you know, slays the room there. And even the kids are surprised. And a rather dark <laughs> yeah. line from Bart as well. I wish she'd drink every day. <laughs> yeah, I love that line. That was, uh, do you know what? No, yeah, that was an excellent line. That was. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, you know, as you do, if you've been quite performative in there, you know, he's leading up this story that's going to lead to the trick. You know, the president of China's coming in. I don't have enough uh, um, velvet napkins there. And Marge just cuts through the shit. Oh, you talk too much. Abracadabra. Am I right? And then she gets another laugh at the expense of him. And then. You know, the magician's not wanting to be usurped. Straight in with the ball gag and straight into the <laughs> cutting up trick there. Now, um, yep. right, switch off already, folks, because eventually we're going to talk about wrestling and this is going to be the first I've here. <laughs> this is very Excellent. much, you know, uh, she's trying to get herself over there, but not uh, without the behest of the magician. So, you know, ball gag in your mouth. There you go. You're off to main event. What did you think, uh, Zach? Well, <laughs> sorry, what's the question that I just got a bit, um, <laughs> well, a bit distracted um, Mar there? Marge is really trying to get over on her own and it's working there, but the magician's really not having it. It's very uh, reminiscent of, you know, WWE, I was going to say current, <laughs> just generally. Yeah, yeah, I mean, um, 
Marge has that like natural flair that you don't see very often, really. And the magician's really trying hard. It reminds me of, uh, oh, who can we say uh, nowadays? You've got guys like... Um... Well, I can only think of Marge as Ricochet, who's got the natural talent. But obviously, you know, if you overstep your mark, you're going in the main event or let's stick you in with this tag team that goes nowhere. <laughs> absolutely, Literally yes, like absolutely. Marge and Homer, the sort of marriage at Tatters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly yeah that's, you know, that's a brilliant uh, that's a brilliant comparison there yeah brilliant <laughs> we have marge you know she's getting pushed into the trick now where it's you know the well it's a mix of the old disappearing and also a bit of a hen there four blades there and they all come down at once there and she disappears all of a sudden and then these monkeys end up popping out and i like homer but and I still, it still made me laugh, but this is a bit too thick for me. Because, oh, so she was made of chimps. Like, it did get a guilty laugh, but I thought a bit... I mean, I don't know, Zach, like... I thought I was thinking a bit, oh, like, come on. I like the payoff of, you know, her and the banana there. And, you know, the hair matches the um, the old banana case there. But what did you think? Yes, um, I, I completely get where you're coming from. Like, the joke um, hits in a way. Not in a way that um some others in this episode did um like uh marge that we've um already discussed but um it did feel it sometimes it does feel like especially in later seasons um that they're really trying to push this um overly stupid homer simpson sort of like a peter griffin-esque um stupid dad kind of character but um and uh, they don't tend to hit with me very well but this one like you say got a guilty laugh we have marge come out with this you know elaborate banana sort of case in there and then the monkeys just go rapid and start attacking her now this was you know fairly all right joke there but what really did it for me um was the announcement zach did you catch the announcement i didn't catch the announcement folks this is not part of the act Please help her. Oh, <laughs> excellent. Homer and Bart end up going through to the gift shop and Bart's inspired by this and ends up picking up a magic kit. You know, oh, this is really for me. And, you know, Homer, you know, not wanting to spend money on your kid and such and this will end up being a fad. He goes, oh, well, sorry, son. You know, we're, you know, we've already been through the gift shop and they end up going to another gift shop. Now, do you know this <laughs> yes. actually happened to uh, Mike Reese, the head uh, producer at the time i didn't read that no yeah a bit of behind the scenes um you know writery kind of stuff folks um he wrote in this show because this specifically happened to him when he went to a actually a magic show as well just try to get through and again not uh pay many of his um many of his daughters there um to get a magic kit and the exact same thing happened to him and he eventually had to buy him like you know clackers of that or you know your basic magic set <laughs> so it's based on a lot of um you know, personal experience as well Oh wow! <laughs> I can imagine that's the so that's the not as fun thing about uh, one of the not so fun things about having children, like the gift shops and that. I remember my parents used to hate them with zoos and things like that. What was your um? What was your go to in like a gift shop? Then were you going to like the fancy rubbers or the generic chocolate, but it had the badge on it, so it's about five pounds. <laughs> one of my favourites, one thing that I remember is sort of at museums, zoos, anything like that, or the gift shop. Do you remember the little uh, toys that were sort of like a little... I can't, I couldn't tell you what they were called. Oh, they like grippers? Life for me. Sort of like... like... Um, they were like a stand with, like a, say, a giraffe on top, and you push the bottom in, the giraffe sort of like flops. Oh. I'm making the action here. You I'll can't you see what... it, but I'm sort of <laughs> flopping in my seat. <laughs> i tell you what... I... I probably had them, but I had them so, like, the jaws opened. I had ones like oh, that yes. where it'd be, like, a shark or a dinosaur or, you know, a rhino or that. I was very guilty for them because it's just cool to look at. Yeah, they were cool. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, they were quite cool. Family driving home from the magic show now. Marge is sort of dealing with a hangover. And then the hit with a sturgeon, and this is number one of the two major crimes of this episode, folks, there. But not even so much like, oh, the sturgeon hit the car. But I'm going to ask you what Marge asked. Um, where did it come from, Zach? <laughs> I don't know. It came from a Russian spaceship. With, oh, yes, of course. I thought you were talking Russians. about a quote. Yes, the, uh, the two arguing Russians, he lost his di he lost the dinner. Yes. Um, yeah, I took a little bit of a problem for this as well. I get it's animation. I get you should be able to sort of 
push the boundaries and make things a little bit unrealistic but overall in the simpsons things are usually realistic like physics is usually unless it's got a purpose it's um physics is usually uh, kept true but in this case this felt like it didn't have to be a fish from space did it it was just sort of there just to be silly like a family guy-esque joke there yeah it's got real non-sector kind of vibe about it but um i mean i mean who i mean who am i but the only way i can see it well the way i would have it sort of work is keep the sturge and all your sizable shit uh fish and just have it you know associated with um you know captain McAllister. yeah because he's the sea captain himself i know let's have um you know one of his cronies dump a load of old fish out or you know but then how do you get it up that high maybe they're craning stuff off and that ends up just getting loosened onto the car. I don't know. I just didn't. I just yeah. didn't play like it. That's it. I mean, it it can be silly. I like. There's nothing wrong with it being. That's what the Simpsons is. Simpsons is like hard-hearted and it is silly. Um, but that was just a bit too much for me. But because of the sturgeon affecting the family's car right on the bonnet there, uh, they're gonna have to take it in for repairs. You know, it's six thousand five hundred plus three fifteen. There's no way they can afford that. But Bart is, you know, ever so hopeful that maybe his magic can work. So they take it down to the um, the squid port there, right down by the pier in Springfield. And Homer's doing the big selling here. He's got the nice little pork pie hat on. And um, it's just it just seems to be basic magic, but it seems to work on the punters. Flanders is impressed, but he can't fund it. You know, he can't fund the dark arts. Yeah, you know, the magic, fortune-telling, oriental cooking. And then we have, I say a guest feature, some sort of parody appearance of the Michael Jackson. And one 2,000 or more innocent time when they were ribbing him for his looks rather than his um, posthumous alleged mm. crimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think, have you, have you guys done the Stark Raving Dad episode? I think that was the last one that we uploaded. Um, now, um, what are yeah. your views on that and the whole? Oh, they're not. It's not in syndication anymore, and it's by all means the right kind of or the appropriate backlash of the episode now. I think the because I do. Agree, it's a very. I agree with the fact that they should still be able to play it, but I can understand people's frustration and anger with it. Yeah, I can. I can understand. Um... I, I can understand people's frustration with it, but uh, it's it's one of those things, isn't it? Like, I think take it off of TV, yeah, there, that's fine. But obviously, they've, they've not added it to Disney Plus. Um, any future box sets is not going to be added on to. Um, I think people should have the choice to be able to watch it, but just removing the episode from history entirely, I don't think that's particularly right. Cause it's, a, it's a good episode. It's a, it's a It hits well. Oh, yeah. No, don't get me wrong. It's a stellar one, and it's a hell of a open into a season as well getting you know the arguably the biggest sensation in the world even at that time would you go more the avenue of i keep seeing it pop up on twitter time and time again you know the um warner brothers warning uh, at the start like you know to edit the history would to you know prove it doesn't exist and that the thoughts now aren't the thoughts of today well the thoughts before aren't the thoughts of today when it comes to you know the yeah. old bugs bunny and dark face cartoons yeah, absolutely. I think that that's the thing. Everyone knows that um, people's view views have changed over the years. That's 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 no secret. Um, but I think it's a whole different thing because they weren't making fun of Michael Jackson in that episode. There was no comment whatsoever to um, Michael Jackson and obviously these alleged issues. Um, but it was literally just his voice. Um, it reminds me, um, obviously you'll be aware of um, the, uh, again, we're jumping into a wrestling um, tangent here, but the uh, removing Chris Benoit from history. Yeah, absolutely. There's many that, and that's, there. Yeah. Um, but obviously they've still, with their streaming service, they've still got Chris Benoit on there, but they just have a little disclaimer. Like you say, Warner Brothers, um, it doesn't, uh, these are just fictional characters. Um, they don't represent who the people are in real life. And that's that's all it is. It's, it's entertainment. It's a character. Um, and he wasn't even playing, Mike. he was playing Michael Jackson, but he wasn't playing Michael Jackson. So 
it could be worked around, I think, and I think they have just gone a little bit too far to save face. You guys... You're in our spot. <laughs> okay, we'll move, but we don't want any trouble, fellas. Dad, only one of them is real. I know, but which one? So the boys have virtually come up empty-handed, and only, you know, a few quarters to the name now, and Homer's really disappointed in Bart, but, you know, he's got the internet and TV to face with, and they get to start bickering, and, you know, Bart ends up even saying, no, well, you know, if you'd showed up to my baseball games every now and then, but, oh, I told you, I find them boring. But, yeah, but he had to, you know, stand up for all his <laughs> interventions then. It just devolves. Now, I liked this, and, like, in my own humble opinion, um, a lot of this episode works, minus the Sturgeon and um, right at the end, which, again, we'll get to, folks. I like the everything else from end of first act all the way to act three, half of act, well, all of act two, half of act three. Um, but I know a lot of other Simpsons podcasts and people who review this episode in current times find Homer, like, he's been too mean. He's been maybe jerk-ass Homer. I mean, what did you think about the bickering back and forth? I enjoyed it, personally. Um, Homer has always been someone... Um, from my memory anyway, it's my personal opinion. Um, Homer's always been someone that he's he's not neglectful. Um, he, he loves his family um, and he always does good by his family, but he also has moments where he is a selfish, he's a selfish guy. Um, and this is one of those moments. Um, he's, a, he's, a, he's being selfish here, but it's all for the, it's all, the jokes hit well for me. So the, um, I told you I find them boring. It looks like it's going somewhere. But it's not going anywhere, he just finds them boring. 60 cents. I would have made more if I'd gone into work today. Hey, don't blame me. I gotta compete with TV and the internet. Uh, a good son would come through for his dad. Yeah, and a good dad wouldn't miss his son's Little League games. I told you, I find them boring. Well, I showed up for all your stupid interventions. Oh, that's it. You can walk home. But being genuinely sad ends up, you know, Getting some money to get a cab home. People are taking, uh, you know, pity on him. They're sympathising with him. So he ends up getting enough money. And that, he ends up, you know, taking a cab ride home, passing home whilst he's vexed about, you know, Bart's poor performance. And, you know, he's he can't believe it. He's absolutely stunned. He ends up coming home to Bart, enjoying this lovely steak. And he wonders, how the hell did you get that? Oh, you know, people must have took pity on me there. And that's where... They get the idea. The money isn't in magic, Zach. It's in um, grifting. Yes, absolutely. Yes, that's the way. I mean, it's a nice, simple enough setup there. You even get a lovely bit of animation with, you know, Bart quickly turning to look more pathetic with a ripped shirt and a nice whimper there from Nancy Cartwright as well. So the boys are off on their first some detail. They're looking at stuff to do, you know, like... what? what I'm trying to think what one of them was the pig was. It was like the New York father-son pig swipe or something it's nice little um drawn in the original grifting book yeah it was like the the albany uh it was like yeah like you said that's like the albany pig pig, pig swipe or something that's like it. that yeah love that name so they're gonna try um you know they're trying something with a bit of you know chocolate frosting and a throw pillow there but marge just straights walking on them and just questions why are they doing that and then <laughs> homer i mean Again, just thinking on his feet, oh, I could ask you the same question. And, you know, Marge, maybe even a bit mad. She's been there before. Do you want me to just back out, would you? And then she just backs <laughs> out. That's it. Yeah. This must have been the it's... easiest confrontation in The Simpsons to the to this date. Absolutely, yes. Um, absolutely. And it is a... Um... A, a, a sort of it's a little bit of a lazy way out of um marge oh, okay. getting in the way yeah but at the end of the day it's a gag and the gag works so mm. it, it she's obviously you're used to marge getting in the way saying oh i don't think this is a very good idea so just to see that it's it's like um <laughs> it, it feels if just a, bit, a little bit refreshing if you get if you know what i mean the boys end up heading down you know ready to grift on day one there and they're busy to, they're ready to set this up. They're looking at, they're eyeing up Ken Brockman there. And you know, they're ready to uh, grift the mark. Right, this is where the main bit of wrestling talk is going to happen, folks. Zach, you know, you're part of the biz, as they say. 
Yeah. Could you tell me, please, and tell the rest of the audience the history of wrestling it being involved as a carny business and swindling and grifting? <laughs> um, obviously, they use the word mark here, um, like you say. Um, so let's trim the mark. A mark is uh, that they're, they're really. Mm, the mark comes from the word of comes from the sense of uh, obviously in the back way back way back when when uh, professional wrestling as a as an uh, like a scripted entertainment form um, was a mark is someone who it's just a fan really back then it was just a fan obviously back then there was no internet there, there was no reason to say that the re- wrestling scripted so back then a mark was someone who. Uh, didn't know it was all scripted. Uh, obviously, now Mark's used in a bit of a, a derogatory term, uh, especially um, smart Mark. Uh, so it's just someone who um, believes in believes in what you're pulling on them, really. So that's what they're pulling on here. Yes, they're definitely a patsy. I mean, much like um, I'm sure you know as well, you know, wrestling came through the carnivals and the circus um, folks and a lot of this, you know, gimmicks and mark and all the other terminology originated from there there was a lot of you know bait and switch and that and you know they put on a certain um card and it'd be subject to change but you know they'd be able to bring the punters in with one thing and then you know bait and switch them out with the next there so they're ready with their first plan there um can you walk us through the plan there i mean it involves the pillow and the chocolate frost and what does bart (laughs) end up doing to fleece old uh, brockman (laughs) So um, Bart poses as a little blind boy um, here. So <clears throat> Bart poses as a little blind uh, blind boy, stands behind Kent Brockman. As Kent Brockman turns around, uh, knocks into Bart and the throw pillow with the frosting on it knocks to, uh, falls to the floor. And uh, <laughs> we have the, we have do have a great moment here of uh, Homer being um, he's sort of acting like a, an old timey. Uh, sort of can't think of the words to use here but um he's harsh on him um says that was um what have you done that cake was for your deaf deaf sister uh brockman uh says it no sorry (laughs) brockman says it was his fault um and homer says no no don't um, protect him says you'll work that off in the cake the work off that cake in the acid mines in the acid mines like again just pulling out of his ass there but and that's um that's what I love about this episode as well. I like all the grifting segments and the hokiness of it as well. And I mean, especially we'll get onto the costumes in about a couple minutes time as well, but they're going whole hog into this there and they're really successful with it. I just, I just really love the whole grifting scenes. Yeah. So obviously, um, Brockman says, Oh no, no, I'll pay for the cake. And I was as well, you're the mark of integrity. <laughs> yeah. He's forgetting to drop the lingo, you know, around the around the patsy there. Oh! Oh, excuse uh, me. What happened? Where's my cake? It's all right, isn't it? Uh, what have you done, you clumsy little ox? <gasps> that cake was for your deaf sister. Sir, it was my fault. No, no, don't protect him. You'll work off that cake in the acid mines. No, 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 I'll pay for the cake. Well, you're the mark. Uh, of integrity <laughs> so they end up coming home after you know pretty successful day grifting on day one but um marge asks you know what happened with the magic show what the hell are you t-? a little nudge there and oh yeah you know it was a lot of fun and we're just pooped there and you know we call some suckers in the background and lisa decides to catch on you know i don't know what's going on mum. they seem suspicious and marge is just happy you know they're spending time together and not you know, fighting each other for once, so it's all good. But yeah, but why is why is Marge so mellow? <laughs> Lisa notices the Long Island iced tea sitting next to Marge on the table. So she's day drinking now. She's she's an absolute sesh lord now, and she <laughs> sesh lord. She she's uh, she's uh, doing what Bart says, what Bart wanted her to do. She's drinking every day. I don't know, Mom. I think they're up to something. Oh, sure looks that way. But at least Bart and Homer are spending quality time together. Is that a Long Island iced tea? Oh, this? Hmm. I think it is. Hmm. You're a pretty girl. We're on to the next scheme now, and um, my favourite of the schemes as well. 
Um, I mean, it's very elaborate there. So we have Bart um, looking for his dog, his poor lost dog there. And Dr. Hibbert, you know, asks him, well, you know, what does your dog look like? I guess before we, um, I guess before we explain the whole bit of the scene, um, I don't know, I'm thinking maybe more forgiving about this for, but, you know, wouldn't Hibbert recognise Bart as he's seen him many times? But I, I don't know, I'm, I was willing to pass this, Zach. I thought exactly the same thing, and he would definitely, I feel like Hibbert's one of the few characters that sort of, in a way, not so much as, not as far as Chalmers, but uh, sort of sees through um, the ridiculousness of some of the characters, um, and he would certainly see through the disguise that Homer has on. No, you lost your doggy? Yeah, I saw him playing in the water, and then he was gone. He's light brown, and he has a spot on him shaped like a heart. Sorry, son, but... I just gotta get him back. Or, if not him, a similar dog. Dog for sale! Dog for sale! <clears throat> How much for the dog? Oh, he's not for sale. <laughs> Although, if the right offer came along... Well, how would you... I don't know. How would you, you know, rejig this? How would you rewrite this, then? Would you just swap out Hibbit, then? Because I love the scene, and... I don't know, because I really like it. Maybe I'm just being a bit kinder to it, but how would you sort of redo it? Uh, th that's that's the issue. Um, uh, it is just a fact of he's the family. It, it's well documented. It's been said many times that he's been the uh, the family's doctor since, uh, the family's physician since, uh, well, Bart was born. Mm. Um, so it, I think the only way... You could really, like you say, it's forgivable, isn't it? It's it's um it's a funny little it's a it's a good scene, but um the only way you could really work around it is to maybe pop in a different character that isn't around the Simpsons family quite as much. Sideshow Mel, but he was um seen earlier on. Uh, yeah, you could do, but I will say I do love Homer's get up here. It's a very typical vintage sort of scam oh, artist yes. with a twiddling mustache. They even got Absolutely. Sam's little helper in as well. Um, to be, you know, the love heart dog. And they yep. end up swindling Hibbert <laughs> successfully and you get to see the, you know, the money's really piling up there. They've really pimped out their ride there with I Grift on the front and everything's <laughs> gold made. And they're even able to pull a scam on the mechanic, don't they? Yes, yes, they are. Um, again, um, another cake gag, uh, bringing it back. They're, they're actually reusing the, uh, the, old, uh, the old scams that they're pulling. Yeah, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Bart's a little Jewish boy saying, oh, my bimitzvah yeah. cake, I'll never be a man. And instantly gets the tip back. I like how they work. And that was, they didn't even need to do that. Homer didn't have to tip the man. No, no, he didn't. The the, the, he, the mechanic didn't expect the tip. He, tip. he tipped the man just so he could get the tip back. Homer and Bart decide to carry on, even though they've paid off for the car damages there. And you know, Bart ends up asking, why are we doing this? The car's already paid for. And Homer, with a really realistic excuse, you know. Dad? Yes, son? Why are we still grifting? The car's paid for. Doesn't that balance out the universe? In a way. But I also remembered some other stuff, like my bike that was stolen in third grade. Plus the baldness. Okay, I'm sold. He's just really <laughs> bitter and resentful. He wants absolutely everything here. Yep, and that was all Bart needed. <laughs> and he's knocking on Flanders' door there. And he goes, oh, you know, is the lady of the house in obviously playing on Ned's heartstrings when Maud got yep. chucked over that ledge. <laughs> oh. Now, we reviewed that episode, and I'm sure you've watched it, maybe not recently, but can I get your brief thoughts on how they write off Maud and that episode in general, Zach? I actually really enjoy like watching that Watching that back again, um, as I got old, older, after I got back into the Simpsons, like properly again, I've really enjoyed that episode because it really, really, it shows it if it, they really execute Ned in a real, really nice way, um, like to show show a different side of him, and it's really refreshing to see that side of him, just even just for one episode. Um, I mean, it's a it's a real big like, just throwaway to um, in the way like you do not ex. It's just literally snap and then Maud's gone. But I really enjoy the episode as a whole. Yeah, so Ned's, um, they're really playing on Ned's heartstrings now and they say, well, you know, before she left, she gave me this and wanted you to have it. And it's this absolutely tacky, bejeweled Bible with Flanders' 
letter you know, <laughs> stuck on with glue and you know home saying well you weren't home so we you know paid the man who delivered it and you know, it's about to stick his wallet out but you know it's much like that um you know it's much like that heist film paper moon and then like they don't this is poor reaction as well they don't even play it off zach do they no, uh, Bart just shouts, run, Dad, and they scarper off to the treehouse. Where they visit the grifter of all grifters, you know, the oldest Simpson. Who do they see, Zach? Oh, good man, Abe Simpson. Abraham Simpson. But he doesn't smoke. <laughs> he doesn't He doesn't smoke. He's lighting a pipe. Um, <laughs> uh, but he doesn't smoke. Yeah, he, you know, he literally wrote the book on grifting there, and, you know, you boys are, you know, doing it amateur there. That's why you nearly got caught. So that's why we're going to go for the biggest fish in the sea there, you know, the biggest pot of gold. And they go to the retirement castle. Um, what did you think of, you know, including Grandpa in there, you know, three generations of Simpsons ready for the swindle? It's great. I think any, any moment where Grandpa's working with... Uh, Homer or Bart is a moment that I really enjoyed. The whole episode with um, Grandpa's tonic, love that episode. Um, the Hellfish episode, love that episode. And just again here, I really enjoyed this moment here where uh, Grandpa was conning the other uh, people in the retirement home with uh, Homer and Bart. Maybe it's time to quit the game. Amateurs! Huh? Dead? That's right! You don't smoke a pipe. That's right. <laughs> oh, God. Why'd you get wise to us? Are you kidding? They used to call me Grifty McGrift. I wrote the book on flim flamming. Wow, he did. Yeah, in the depression, you had to grift. Either that or work. So what's the pitch, old man? Team up with me, boys, and we'll go for the biggest honey pot of them all. I like seeing, you know, the family members, you know, working together for a common goal there i mean i very much like when you know it's a homer and bart episode or homer and lisa episode i just find it you know really um I, yeah you know yeah i'd say it's really wholesome there you know it makes me feel good so they're busy hiding behind bushes saying you know oh we'll go for the retirement castle like are you sure about this like this seems quite low and i never true words were said you know oh well if we don't rob them then you know some televangelist will now um maybe not televangelist in this country zach but I'd say definitely, um, you know, the PPI claims, QVC, God knows whatever shite they sell on telly, but oh, yeah, old people yeah. have it rough there, so I'd rather be the Simpsons than, um, you know, QVC <laughs> and the Ped Egg. Oh, yeah. Have you ever heard or seen the Ped Egg by JML? It's essentially a device that um, shaves the dead skin off your feet and the nice promotional video... You know, shows them emptying it, and it looks just like, um, you know, Parmesan. So I won't say no okay. more, but that's always haunted me. Whenever oh, I think of QVC, like... yeah. <laughs> They're ready for the big swindle. The boys huddle down, and they've got the plan sorted. And, um, yeah, this is fantastic. You get to see the Simpsons boys dress up in old-timey get-up. They're proper old-school grifters. Even, even Bart's got the lovely Tash going as well. <laughs> yes. Which one of you youngsters is Abe Simpson? I'm Abe Simpson. You've just won $10 million from that publisher's Cleary Dealy. What? Everybody, come quick. Abe Simpson is rich. I can't believe it. I can finally afford a young, crazy stripper wife. Yeah, I'm gonna get me the craziest, strippiest. She's dead. And they're there for Abe Simpson, and oh, again, the hokiness comes back. I'm Abe Simpson, and you know, he's won $10 million. Like, they don't even get the company right, it's just from some publishing clearing dealy. <laughs> and then Abe's got a big old shock face on him and then you know the whole the time at home say come on everyone you know abe simpson's rich check this out and um again wrestling bleeding into the simpsons folks or at least in a my twisted head um you know grandpa is very much jerry lawler in this bit uh very much jerry lawler in this bit zach do you know why <laughs> absolutely i can finally afford a young crazy stripper wife 
Oh, that is, yeah. <laughs> uh, Jerry likes them when they're taking the GCSEs. That's all we'll say. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, you get to see the desk kick all going yay and cheering the crowd. And he's like, oh, get the craziest stripper doing a little jig and oh, what a sell, Zach. Walk us through what happens with Abe. Oh, he he fakes he fakes a heart attack. He fakes a heart attack and fakes his own death. And it's excellent. Well, I mean, it, it, again, like, like you say, it's an excellent sell. Where was he planning on going after this? I don't know, but again, like Jerry Lawler, he suffers a heart attack in front of everyone. Uh, oh, gosh, do you remember that? Yeah. That's another thing. That was folks. horrendous. Um, they made a 60-year-old man. Uh, by all means, he loved his fried chicken. That's all he really ate. Um, work a match. And he had a heart attack right in um, front of everyone. It's oh, all right, though. He lives horrid. He lives yeah. on his young wife and his, you know, Batmobile and his barbecue restaurant. He doesn't learn. Yeah, I'm sure he's had about three wives since then as well, so. <laughs> but uh, Homer just, or Ed, I should say, just rushes over to Grandpa, doesn't even check his pulse. He's dead. And, um, you know, oh, well, we'll just have to take this, um, you know, this big check back to the clubhouse for some shredding. And um, Bart even says, you know, well, we'll have to do that. Otherwise, you know, I mean, the printing of this alone's, you know, a hundred dollars a head anyway, and this obviously baits in the old people and say, now hold on, we'll sort you out here, and they give a little knowing wink, and it's about to go so well, isn't it, Zach? Yes, it, it is, yes. They're about to get a hundred dollars from every single person in the retirement castle. Home ends up picking out this one last fella saying, what's the matter with you, sport, you know, are you afraid to get rich, and, um, you know, this seemingly old fella dodders over to him and is about to stick in his money but instead whips out some handcuffs sticks him on Homer turns out he's FBI he's um you know he's <laughs> under disguise all along they you know, hoist down his waistband but but um he's trying to get out of this really quickly um yes he, he fakes being an old person himself and tells him to take Homer away can you um are you alright at old people voices? Can you do a throw the book at him, Sonny? Oh gosh. Um oh, it's been a little while, let's find out. It's been a while since I've done an impression altogether. Um Oh throw the book at him, Sonny. There we go, that's what I want to do. I'll take that. <laughs> the boys are under arrest now. Um but I swear, um this is not gonna be the last, but maybe it's the penultimate reference, folks. You know, HBK, <laughs> I mean Abe Simpson, he kips up. He's off to some Saudi blood money show for $10 million. Call oh, me Shelly, because I'm on the lamb. And he just goes off for his payday. Oh, brilliant, Zach. Oh, yes, excellent. He's got a lot of... Um, he's, got a lot, he's got a massive skip in his step, hasn't he? He gets up quick for his age. Oh, it's like, um, you know, Sean in 96 there. Perfect nip up there. Oh, <laughs> I couldn't do that stuff when I was 14, man, so... <laughs> <laughs> the boys are arrested, and that's how we end Act 2. We move into Act 3 there, and your man Devon Bradley there, the agent, so he is, um, he's busy saying, you know, you guys, you know, you're so stupid. Why would you end up grifting them? Uh, do you know the guest star that Devon Bradley is, Zach? Yes, it is Edward Norton, if I'm not mistaken. And I had no idea... I mean... I don't know about anyone else, but I would never guess that um, no. that was Edward Norton. I don't really watch many. I mean, I've watched that um, Hulk film. I've seen a bit of Fight Club. Um, I've seen that Wes Anderson film where it's you know the Boy Scouts. And he's the head of the Boy Scouts. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't be able to recognise his voice in that. But no. What do you think of his uh, job here? What do you think of his role? He does his job, doesn't he? Um, and it's an it's an excellent guest star spot in that. He's he's just playing a character. He's he's not playing Edward Norton. He's just playing he, he's just playing a character, and you wouldn't like you say you wouldn't guess that it is Edward Norton. So in terms of performance, it's excellent. Now, where do you stand on should Simpsons guest stars be themselves or a character or fifty fifty? I think it has it has its place. Um, there are certain moments where guest stars. Um, playing themselves are it, it, it works um for example i am um, i really enjoyed i know you really like uh, red hot chili peppers i enjoyed their uh, their moment um and uh, aerosmith as well ah, um, yes, but yes. 
but then you have uh, that was in Flaming Mo if I'm Flaming Mo's if I'm not yes, mistaken. Yes, um, but uh, I think there moments like this where guest stars play a character and um, instead it also works. So I think it has its place in both senses. But I think in later years they did rely too much on. Um, having the guest stars play themselves just so they can sort of um, plug that these people are in the show. They can, Yeah, they start to use it a lot more as a selling point to stick on the ads. So Devon ends up pulling up to the police station saying, oh, you know what, it's a bit of a compromise. I'll let you hand yourselves in, you know, because you know, I arrested you in front of the boy and his granddad. It's only fair there. And I mean, it's looking back on it now and obviously being a lot older than seven-year-old Tyler watching it, it's very obvious that he himself's a con man, but you know, the Simpsons uh, male gene and all that, the boys end up <laughs> going through to, you know, the deputy's office there and they stick him in the Rick James suite. It's super freaky, you know, cocaine's a hell of a drug. And they're in the cell there, you know, they make sure Devon sees him in there, you know, we're in here now, yeah, you big idiot. And a nice little, um, through gritted teeth as well, good animation and good sound there by, um, Dan, but um, turns out, you know, Devon's just going to take the car and the lovely bag of cash. So, turns out he was a grifter all along. Um, he's that, he's a, gr- on... a grifter of grifters. Yeah, but what was on his um, FBI badge? Colgate Cavity Patrol. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> Got absolutely bamboozled there. What a what a bunch of saps. They end up, um, they end up getting out of jail there, you know, they self-impose themselves. But, you know, it's the truth from... Here on out, you know, how the hell are we going to explain this to mum? But, you know, we're just going to have to come out with a God's honest truth. Um, so what did they tell Marge? Uh, they were carjacked in the church parking lot. Yes, because, you know, good old citizens, you know, they just came in to have a quick prayer with the Lord. And <laughs> again, I just like this running thread throughout that it's the hokiest of poorly bullshit lies there. And oh, absolutely. Everyone just falls for it there. And so, you know, Marge wants to know, what did he look like there? And their um, Bart and Homer just come up with the broadest descriptions. You know, he was foreign, big bushy hair, like an animal, he kept himself a bit, you know, red hair. And um, yeah, that, that's about it. They're trying to make a vague description, um, as you would do if you, were, um, if you didn't really know where to go, if you're up shit creek without a paddle. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> It reminded me of, um, I don't know if you're familiar, um, have you seen the IT crowd? Oh, yes. Um, I can't think of the scene, though. Please tell me. Um, when they go to see the uh, the gay musical called Gay. Oh, that um, episode, okay. Um, and uh, Roy goes, to, lock, uh, Roy goes uh, to the toilet, but he didn't want to go to see the toilet man, so he... Um... Oh, he's describing um, how he <laughs> fell off his chair and someone did it yes, to him. Yes, right. he went into the uh, disabled toilet. He's like, uh, Caucasian man, red hair, glasses. It just reminded me of that there. And then they actually find <laughs> the fellow, excuse me, sir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. I will say, I think my absolute favourite bit from that is just, um, again, when all the lies come together with Moss behind the bar, Roy in the wheelchair, and Jen's just looking shocked, and she asks, oh, how did you um, get to be in a wheelchair? Acid! (laughs) (laughs) Acid, (laughs) (laughs) Spartan Homer, you know, they quickly hit the hay, they run guiltily up the stairs, and then Marge wakes Homer up in the morning. Good news, they've found the culprit there. And, ah, oh, who's the culprit? Who have they pointed the finger at? It's our Scottish friend, Groundskeeper Willie. I know, in his poor <laughs> Unabomber-style um, yeah. shack. <laughs> and, um, yeah, they've actually found him there. And, you know, he's a wrong man getting um, framed up. You know, they said they'd go for Maggie as well. And um, <laughs> Maggie's in the safe haven of Aunt Patty and Aunt Selma's house there. I With a wig on. I completely <laughs> forgot about that little bit, but the wig is ridiculous. Very cute, but it's just, it's about the size of her as well. It is. <laughs> now as, um, I mean, Homer's just putting on the biggest, guiltiest, shit-eating grin, saying, oh, that's brilliant. Let's um all hit the hay again, but it's 10 in the morning, but, you know, they've never heard of, um, 
Oh, what is it? God, I nearly said Rehypnol. That's um, that's Ooh. What <laughs> uh, no. chloroform. Chloroform. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just dob myself in it a bit more. You're right, chloroform. <laughs> yeah, and he's just um, out like a light there. Um, now again, I've listened to many other Simpsons podcasts, and people, uh, well, a few of them think that the chloroform bit was a bit too extreme and a bit needless, but um. They call it back and they get the joke with the swap of the old Mounted Jew, but I need you to think, you know, because obviously you've, you're a bit more dark with the sense of humour there, and I didn't think that much <laughs> about the old chloroform gag. No, I didn't really. I mean, he's chloroforming himself, so there's not really any anything wrong. I think it's a little bit different if he was uh, trying to escape it by using the chloroform on Marge. That's a little bit of a, more of a, there yeah, are like issues the there. The two-tailed Springfield one, that's a, another one we should get to down the line. Yes. Um, but he, at the end of the day, he's using the chloroform himself. No harm done, necessarily. So, And again, like you say, they pull it back with the um, the Mountain Dew bag later on. So they're now in the big house. They're all in the courthouse now, um, seeing Willie on trial. And they're just, um, they're not even setting him up. They're just, adding more guilt onto this already innocent man like um yeah <laughs> i'm i'm trying to think that was it um you know i was you know it was 10 a.m when you know the scene of the car checking who said it and good old blue-haired lawyer i'm intrigued could you are you able to do a blue-haired lawyer voice or a judge kind Ooh, of voice? um we can give quite it nasally, a go, but... Quite nasally, yeah. It is, yes. So, um, carjacking. Who said anything about a carjacking? Yeah. But Ooh. did they not just say, oh, yeah, I'll be the judge of that carjacker, Willie? Uh, yeah. His name sticks with him. Yeah. Like, for the rest of the trial, he's not... Gra- he's literally carjacker Willie for the next bit. Even when yeah. um, Homer's, you know, he's in the chair there getting, you know, cross-testified or what have you, and he goes... I'm telling you, my mind was fuzzy, 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 like Willie's beard, and then a big dramatic crash zoom onto Willie, and then, oh no, 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 and he tries to backtrack, no, I meant hazy, hazy like the moors of Scotland, and another big guilty zoom. <laughs> That's where we get yes. that Jew gag as well, and um, it turns out that Willie's guilty, they all find him guilty there, and he's about to get carted off to, you know, the the big nut house, the big prison cell waiting for him. And, oh, I mean, I've totally been in this position. I really relate to home aware. What do they call it? Bystander syndrome and that. Bart's nudging him saying, go on, say something, Dad. No, oh, just give it a minute. And then when things escalate, which we'll get to in a moment, he's like, Dad, do something. Let's just see where this goes. Yeah. <laughs> I just love the absolute shithousery that Homer's just not, willing to budge there i mean this was a nice uh little memory i had initially of watching it i was just like come on homer like ah jeez. i mean i mean what did you think we'll get to the whole court scene and the big floor but what did you think of you know homer being an absolute uh coward a right worm it's good i mean everyone's been in this situation at some point um And it, again, it, it feels like it's going somewhere, it's going somewhere well, and then, like you say, up the snap, it's, yeah, it sort of it ruins the overall quality of the episode just so quickly. Okay, players, that's a wrap. <laughs> nice work, everybody. Wait a minute, this whole thing was a setup? But Skinner got shot. Huh? Yep. Blanks in a blood pack. What about that bullet hole in your hair? Squibs? <laughs> yeah, we hornswoggled you good. Everyone was in on it. Willie wasn't. Yeah, and as Willie is getting put down there, you know, he's 20 to life. He's saying, no, you can't take me. And he robs Wiggum's gun. Pillman, I mean, Willie's got a gun. Jesus, um, it's really escalated now, and this is where you get home going, no, let's see what happens here. And then um, Seymour, he decides to be the white knight. They're saying, Willie, as your employer, <laughs> like, what difference does that make? You just, like, I will calm you down, the fact that yeah. you know, I own you. <laughs> yes, I, uh... <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ, it escalates, doesn't it, Zach? It does, and I mean, they've they've 
established Willie as sort of a seedy character already, haven't they? Mm. So I suppose thinking about it, like in terms of, I know it's a bit of a silly ending in that, but in terms of picking a character to uh, go through with this, that people would believe could possibly do a carjacking, Willie's there. I mean, he, like he's, like I've said, he's, he's a bit of a seedy character. I mean, you remember the Rowdy Roddy Peeper thing and all this, so yeah. Oh yeah, every Scottish person does it. Absolutely, being uh, being half Scottish myself, I can <laughs> I can attest to that. I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> hey, I'm only a quarter, so more you than me. <laughs> so after Skinner gets shot and killed by Willie, as far as we know, Homer yes. finally confesses. Only took him a murder, but he says, "All right, I admit it. I lied about the carjacking." Me and my boy just wanted to earn some money there. And, you know, if anyone should be getting taken down, it should be me. But not before he asked to chuck Bart under as well. And so did Bart. (laughs) Big dramatic crying. And um, this is when the episode changes. Uh, How does it change, Zach? Marge rings a bell to let everyone know. Yes. um, She says, okay, players, that's a wrap. Um, And they... (sighs) reveal that it's all been a massive a scam of their own sort of um sort of call Bart and Homer out which is that's yeah this is where it sort of starts to go down a little bit now we have you know <laughs> for the gun it was squibs and fake bullets there was a blood pack on Skinner even um you know even Grandpa was the judge, and um, he hornswoggled him good. This is the last one, folks, I swear. <laughs> like, why that word? They knew, they knew we were going to review this. Yeah, I mean, hornswoggle, he... Uh, do you know what? It's only been... In the last couple of years, I've really learned to appreciate hornswoggle. He did his... He played his role so well. He was like a little leprechaun character in the WWE. He played... He knew exactly who he was. He knew what he was there for, and he played it so well. Oh yeah, you'll never know the highlight of a WrestleMania, folks, when an angry large Texan chucks a bin at a little person. <laughs> oh, that had some smack on it as well, didn't it? That yeah. bin. WrestleMania he 24 match. that little man. Uh, please give it a watch, folks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it turns out that, you know, this was a whole elaborate scheme to, you know, teach Homer and Bart a lesson. And this is the biggest crime this episode does. And I don't want to get too into it. I'm not going to be one of these idiots that mouths off and just goes hyper and that just to get views and that. But all I'll say is Carolyn, I mean, wrote this episode. I know for a fact that there's no way that she would have supplied this because not to toot our own horn or anything, Zach, but I've maybe managed to message um, back and forth with Carolyn, I mean, and add a couple of tweets favorited about, got um, favorited by her and that, and just talking about history of... Um, uh, episodes and such she wrote this um recent one where you get to see a bit more of santa's little helpers past for this season 31 finale and as far as i'm aware she was not responsible for this and according to wikipedia and a lot of behind the scenes sources none of the writers could think of uh ending and by all means i can i can understand why none of them put the name on this or have come out and said yep yeah, i was responsible for this ending because it's a the shit the bed zach i'll let you go yeah yeah um it just seems to go a bit i assume you're talking about the whole um when otto bursts in you're telling me the police force the tv news a courthouse full of people and a popular entertainer had nothing better to do than to teach me and bart a lesson i know it seems far-fetched even insulting to your intelligence but there's a simple and highly satisfying explanation you see hey everybody surf's up Yes, well, Lisa ends up, you know, saying, well, Homer obviously asks, this is all to get back at us, and Lisa um, says, well, I know this may even, you know, insult your intelligence, but there's a perfectly logical and satisfactory explanation, and, like, she's going to give, you know, um, a fitting end. Otto just bursts through for no reason with a surfboard saying, surf's up, and it's, like, the ending of a Happy Days episode. Everyone's surfing, even the fucking do-nothing Russians were there from the spaceship and that's how we end the episode. Zach, please tell us why this is a 
massive faux pas and you know a horrible ending there was no uh conclusion to the episode um they didn't write themselves out of it they wrote themselves obviously they wrote themselves into a hole that they didn't know how to get out of um i'm not one of the guys i'm not i'm not one of the guys who will um shit on the simpsons writing um really um because obviously I've, I've done a little bit of writing myself i know it's not easy it's not easy at all um but at the end of the day, they really wrote themselves into a hole that they obviously didn't know how to get out of, so they added this little gag scene um that i will say even though i'm not a fan at all of the ending itself i did really enjoy the visual of uh, principal skinner stood straight up not attempting to balance but still maintaining his balance on that surfboard i did really enjoy that visual ah uh, yes like the square he is now um i'll ask you um is there a way they could have wrote themselves out of this do they um get rid of the part where they introduce willie as a named suspect or how would you try and fix this I mean, I did have a think about it after I watched the episode and did my notes, and I, I was trying to think how could you, how could they write themselves out? Me personally, I couldn't think of a way um, that they could have wrote themselves out of this. Do you, did you have any ideas? The only thing I could come up with, and I couldn't give specifics, and even my idea, there's still threads and holes in it. The only way I can see some sort of a bit more cohesiveness with the end is for the international listeners. There's a duo called Ant and Deck, and they have one of the many shows they host called Saturday Night Takeaway. It's an all-star um, sort of singing and dancing variety show, that's the word. And they have like an undercover series where they prank celebrities, because they're famous faces and that. The budget's there behind the show. So literally everyone's involved. There's cameras everywhere. So the only thing I'd have is um, maybe have them allude to, oh, this duo of pranksters are in town or i even thought have um bumblebee host this new show where it's a behind the scenes show and have it so you know he's um behind the gag and setup um cameras everywhere for channel ocho or whatever but then again it's the thing of everyone's in on it and it's named characters so unless you stick a load of no names and one-off characters to be the judge the new police force um but that's as far as I got, Zach. I mean, is that sort of is that semi feasible? Even though there's still a lot to think of and still maybe some holes. Yeah, I mean that that seems <laughs> seems like a bit. It could it could lead to another couple of um, great gags as well as wrapping up the episode quite nicely. Um, but it's like like we've said, it's just it's sometimes obviously you know you you um, you studied writing as well, didn't you? Uh, yes yes it is How yes alumni. so uh, yes and i will be as well um yeah. so um we, we both know it can be difficult to um when when it, you could think you've got a great idea for um a plot and then once you get to the end it can be difficult to actually write yourself out of what you've written already so, yeah. so uh, unfortunately sometimes there's, there's only so much you can do now um the simpsons have used the i think they started maybe they started doing it with das bus or they did it in early seasons but it was more uh they got away with it more where it's the oh well here's the ending there like it all gone pit and they started doing it a bit more in these seasons uh 10 uh, 12 there zach and um are they now obviously they're a tv institution let alone a cartoon and animated institution can they get away with it or uh, does this take the cake I, I think um, I, from what I can remember, like off the top of my head, I can't remember watching another episode from around this time where I thought the ending's really been stuffed quite as much as it has been here. But um, obviously, I might have to watch the episodes again. But uh, I think there are points where you can get away with it, just not to this extent, because this just seemed a little bit too silly for my liking. It's just my personal preference, my personal taste, but um, it just seemed a little bit too silly and a little bit too out there of a, oh, we don't know where to go. Here is a funny, is a silly scene of characters from the episode, even the Russian spacemen that were in it for uh, 10 seconds um, surfing. And with that, um, this is how the episode ends. So 
As always, Zach, um, as guest, I'll let you go first. I need your final overall thoughts of this episode and then your uh, unique rating out of five, please. Uh, okay, so um, overall, I, I actually did re- I did actually enjoy the episode like, after talking about it here. Overall, there are a lot more moments that hit than missed. Um, I think it was just the Russian spacemen and the ending there that sort of overshadows everything else. But I really enjoyed it. I would I'd give it a three Russian spacemen out of five. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. Um, gonna be at polarizing ends then. Um, okay. I'll say in a nutshell, folks. I would recommend watching clips of the grifts. Watch from uh, post Sturgeon scene, and then. Uh, when Skinner gets shot in the court or when it's a I don't know I say even when it's wrapped but then you know what's going to happen with the ending I'd probably say watch it till you know the sentence Willie there we go I just watch clips on YouTube um, because that ending really stuck in my crawl really um, it really stunk it up for me there and the Sturgeon as well but that doesn't seem to, it pales in comparison to the uh, very weak ending and again I'm trying not to criticise the writers, but you know, between that many people and they couldn't think of one, it, it's it just didn't happen. So with that being said, I'm gonna have to go with a generous, and I will repeat generous, uh, two out of five uh, grifters out of five. Get ready to scrimp and save, scratch and claw for your action comics number one for your. Magna Carta for your Radioactive Man, number one. Yes, we're going to season two to review three men and a comic book. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star written review on iTunes. Check us out on Facebook, Uncle Mo's Family Feedback Podcast, and the same on Twitter as well, at TyleTMC, or search Uncle Mo's Family Feedback Podcast. Take care, folks. Come to Uncle Mo's for family fun. It's good, 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 good. Mmm, sounds good.